0: Hey guys, and welcome to the official podcast of Develop Development Develop Development Unplugged. And this week we're going to be talking about procrastination. Procrastination, delaying things, avoiding things, the fears—the fears that contribute to them, the many other things that contribute to to procrastination. Because let's face it, there are so many different reasons why we would want to procrastinate. But most cases is we want to postpone certain rejection, failure, judgment and we want to sometimes use perfectionism and sometimes we uh, avoid things because we feel we don't have enough context, we don't have enough clarity so we delay things because we don't have enough clarity or sometimes we avoid things and delay things because of negative narratives that we have where we have uh, drawn certain premature conclusions without enough information, and that can lead to a certain frustration and an internal narrative that drains us. So what we talk about in development is procrastination really is a mix of four things. Our personality, particularly the instincts of your personality or mix of personalities when you are drained or when you're insecure. So personality plus insecurities plus burnout – Plus, lack of context. Those four things together are a terrible cocktail. Uh, A great cocktail if you want procrastination. You don't need all four combined to procrastinate. But if they do end up combining, then things get ugly. Then things get very annoying. So we talk about how to use your personality in a better way. Instead of in a bridge-burning way. And we talk about working your insecurities, we talk about avoiding burnout, and we talk about getting more context, more information, to not conclude negative things and to not reinforce negative internal narratives. And uh, if it's the first time you're joining us here at Develop Your Element, Itzel, what's Develop Your Element about?
1: Well, Develop Your Element is a personal development system where... Uh, as we've sort of started hinting at already, we talk a bit about personalities, but not to put you in a box, not to limit you, not to give your profile, say that's it, that's who you are, nothing else. We understand that everybody is a three-dimensional being with different facets to their personalities and different aspects of their personalities will come out in different moments. But what we do realize is that the is that there are certain things that are going to dominate. Certain personality traits and certain instincts that are going to dominate and be a bigger part of your personality than others. There are going to be things that maybe you can do them, but it's hardest to sustain long term, or it takes more effort to do them. So we talk about personality theory in order to give context to the tools we give. Yeah. Because based on those different instincts that we have, The challenges that we have are different. The way in which it's going to be easier to motivate ourselves to achieve things is going to be different. The things we need to recharge our batteries to be at our best is going to be different. So we want to contextualize everything and not give one-size-fits-all advice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that we really focus on here at Deve- Development. We understand that what works for me is different than what works for you and it's different from what works for her. We all have different contexts, different goals, different personalities, different instincts, different needs and we have to respect those differences. We have to value those differences and we have to explore those differences mm-hmm. so that we don't end up uh, imposing our ways on other people because uh, I think most of us go through life eagerly wanting to share the things that work for us but That's not necessarily what's going to work for others. You can share it, obviously, but just remember not to force things on other people when they have a different context, they have a different reality. Uh, And uh, yeah, so so now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way, uh, let me clear up a couple of other things uh, that we mention in every podcast. When we talk about personality theory, we do it in two different methods. We do one which is introverts, extroverts, and the middle point, ambiverts. If you don't know what that means, extroverts need higher social stimulus, more physical movement, more constant change. They need more stimulus. They're more impulsive. They think out loud. I think you get the picture. Then introverts. Introverts, they need lower social stimulus, more structure, more organization. They need to be able to predict things, structure things in their mind. Uh, They need more peace and quiet. And uh, finally, we have the... And they, they also... They add... Before they can take action, they really need to think, analyze, verify. There are more steps before they they take action. They're more methodical. And uh, then we have the ambiverts, which are a middle point. They're very flexible. They actually can uh, operate and enjoy both sides of the spectrum, but they tend to not go to either extreme. So that's kind of the broader, more kind of colloquial, common-tongue, also scientific uh, uh, terminology that we use. But in development, Element, we have our own terminology to kind of be able to explore certain nuances with more depth. And there we talk about the six different elements. We're all a mix of all the six different elements. If you're watching us here on YouTube, you can see the six uh, elements behind us, the icons for them. And if you're listening to us on one of the many uh, podcasting platforms that we're on, Visit us at uh, developtheelement.com and there on the front page you can see the energy scale. What is the energy scale? Well, it's the six elements and you'll get the basic descriptions of each type. Many of you obviously have already listened to other episodes where we've gone more in-depth, or watched videos, taken classes. So many of you have the context, but in case you're joining us for the first time, I wanted to give you that context. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about general um things we won't go that deep into personality psychology we'll try to stick to the three kind of broader terms but there might be moments where we might mention the the specifics uh the specific elements and if we do that we'll make sure to give you the context you need to understand that so yeah let's get started let's get (laughs) started um
1: yeah i i think to get us started, because yes, insecurities are a big thing, and I think we'll get into that. Uh, but another thing that some people don't really realize that much when we're talking about procrastination, postponing things, is that sometimes it's really as simple as not having the mental, emotional, physical energy levels for it. Uh, because there are a lot of times where we'll drain ourselves. We'll be in a lot of situations that are out of our comfort zone, that don't really stimulate our personality in the ideal way, that take more effort uh and based on that you know our energy levels start going down 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 they reach a certain level where we don't have much mental clarity we don't have much focus we don't have much patience we don't have much flexibility we're not as creative as usual um and that can also influence procrastination quite a bit because if you don't have the energy to, to, to do something, you'll sit there, you look at your screen or the canvas or the situation, whatever it is, and there's not that spark that, yeah. that gets you moving, right? And I want to talk about this because so many of us in that moment will say, I can't afford distractions. If I want to not procrastinate, I have to not have any distractions. And sometimes, yes, sometimes that's what's required. But occasionally, you need to recharge first. And that might mean separating yourself from the work for a little bit doing some activity or going to some place where you feel that you recharge, where it's an ideal level of stimulus for you. If you're an extrovert, moving around, going for a walk, going out on errands, whatever it takes to sort of get a a bit more energy, talk to some people, see different faces. If you're more introverted, calm down for a little bit, go somewhere quiet, go somewhere peaceful, maybe put on your headphones, and listen to music, disconnect. If you're an ambivert, maybe it's sharing moments with people that are particularly special to you. And those things can then recharge you and you can be more productive afterwards.
0: Yeah, I think you need a lot of self-awareness because uh, this topic of recharging your battery, that's a very common narrative in developed development. We talk about burnout a lot, we talk about this concept of regenerative spaces, which are those activities, those environments, um, those actions that we can take that really fill our, our battery level. For extroverts that means more physical movement, more constant change, more fun or adventure or productivity depending on your nuances. Um, and for introverts, exactly, disconnecting, lowering s- uh, social stimulus, things like that. And sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes we need to recharge a battery to have the mental clarity to be able to do something. What we have to be careful of is escapism. Yeah. Uh, There is a problem that sometimes in our lives, there's something that's stressing us out so much that is weighing us down that with no amount of distraction, without no amount of regeneration, with no amount of regenerative activities, do we get to an ideal level of mental clarity, patience, perseverance, etc.? And at that point, it's a matter of facing those things, yeah. dealing and tackling with those uh, like those things that are draining us, that are stressing us out. And that requires a certain level of confidence, a certain level of commitment, and a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. We have to be self-aware enough to know when we are escaping from our problems. Because yes... With development, we have a lot of great activities that we explore that can recharge our batteries. We have many great tools for that. But I do also know that there are many people that, with these tools, when things get really tough in their lives, they use those
1: to escape. To escape. <laughs> and
0: if you're not seeing a swift recharge, if you're not seeing a very clear difference in your mental state, physical state, emotional state, Then you really have to explore what is it that's stressing me out so much. What is it that's draining me? And you have to change something there. Uh, We give sometimes example of... uh, I'm going to pour a glass better. Uh, Basically, this glass right now is full. And if I make a little hole here, it's going to start leaking. Imagine this is your energy level. And if the hole flows out the water faster than you can refill it, then you have a problem. You can be refilling it, refilling it, but unless you use really high pressure and constant pressure, it won't really, it's not sustainable. So what you have to do is patch that. You have to patch that energy leak. You have to patch that leak in your life. And that sometimes can be tough because sometimes it's facing difficulties in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be a Romantic relationships, sometimes a friendship, sometimes our parents, sometimes our boss. You know, sometimes we're not 100% in control of the situation. There are other people, there are other factors, and we have to take a wholesome approach. And also be smart about it, because if you just face it with aggression and with intensity, you might make things worse, right? Yeah, yeah. So so it's very important to, to identify those energy leaks, uh, because... I think we all have some types of energy leaks, but it's the ones that are constant. It's the ones that are chronic, that we really need to face. I mean, we really yeah. have to change things there. And Yeah, oh. and, <laughs> no, and sometimes the thing that we're
1: procrastinating is that leak. It is the source of that leak, and we're avoiding it exactly because it is uncomfortable. Maybe it's some kind of big insecurity that's being brought up in a certain situation. Maybe it's a huge conflict. Maybe it's something that's really, really personal to you where you have certain goals or certain needs, but there's conflict socially with other people and how it fits with them, you know? And when you've got that big leak, yeah, you don't want to face it because it's uncomfortable, but if you realize that patching that up long-term can get you to a much better state. Yeah. That can sort of help in that process. Because, yes, it's uncomfortable, but if you know that it's worth it, yeah, then it's going to be a different and process. And another
0: thing, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you guys we are our own worst enemies. Mm -hmm. Uh, We amplify judgment in our mind. We amplify rejection in our mind. We amplify failure in our mind. We amplify risks in our mind. And when we talk about fears, in development we do try to take a wholesome approach. We don't say fears are inherently bad, but many times fears can affect us in a bad way because we amplify them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a survival instinct. It's to keep us safe. It's to save our lives sometimes. It's to help us improve the quality of our work sometimes. Mm. So it's not like, oh, you have to have no fears. I think most people in the world have fears, um, if not everyone. Uh, we all have fears and insecurities that show up in different moments. The, the, the question is really how, how do you
2: manage them? Are you giving
0: yeah. them w- more power than you're giving power to your goals? And are you paralyzing yourself uh, due to it? Are you amplifying those negative narratives, the possible consequences in your mind uh, and as such, giving up prematurely, how are you letting those things affect you? Because mm-hmm. failure and uh, rejection they are they're essential ingredients in your journey to grow. You have to step out of your comfort zone to grow. you have to take risks to grow. You have to face rejection to grow. I mean, if you are unhappy with your romantic re- relationships or uh, let's say you're single and you want a romantic relationship. If you don't put yourself out there, if you you don't approach other people, if you don't express your desires, you might get stuck there longer than like, well, you will get stuck there longer mm-hmm. because you, if you're not giving them the opportunity to say no to you, you're not giving them the opportunity to say yes to you. The same goes in sales. If you assume that your client is going to say no, then you're not even giving them the chance to say yes. So we have to understand that failure and rejection can be really good things. They can help us grow. I mean, when you want to s- practice for the Olympics, when you want to practice for any sport, uh, any martial art, You know you're going to get hurt. You know you're going to fall. You know you're going to sometimes get punched depending on the sport. Uh, But the idea is how do you get back up? How do you get stronger? How do you increase your defenses? Uh, How do you increase your agility? Things like that. Well, in life, it's the same. In life, anything that you're kind of scared of, you can build skills in that area. Mm -hmm. Communication skills, confidence. Uh, There are many different things that you can build. Introverts can build extroverted abilities. Extroverts can build introverted abilities. It's called develop your element. It's not identify your element. We can learn new things. And we have to allow ourselves that process. I mean, we sometimes talk about, here with the podcast, those of you who have been following us for a while, you know that some weeks we have audio that's out of sync. Some weeks we have a camera that acts up. Sometimes we have technical difficulties. And I remember when we wanted to start this podcast, a lot of people wanted to postpone. They were like, we're not ready. We're not ready to do it. The high level production quality that you envision. You want to use professional cameras instead of webcams. You want to use a mixer. You want to use so many different things that there are so many different points where things can break down. And I was like, yep, we will go for it. Even if we (laughs) fail, we learn through the process. Yeah. And, and I remember that for a lot of people here at the team was like, (gasps) kind of stressful. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you just you gotta face things. You gotta you gotta take those risks, take those leaps. That's not to say that there are other times where it makes sense to postpone things here at Develop Development. We've postponed many projects to make sure that they're ready, that they uh, follow our ethical guidelines, our quality guidelines, things like that. When we're talking entrepreneurship, we often talk about this concept of MVPs. You have to make sure it's a minimum viable product before you launch. Ideally even more than that, but Make sure it's viable before you launch it, right? And sometimes you got to be willing to be like, okay, I know I've invested a lot of time, energy, and money in this, but maybe in this particular instance, it makes sense to postpone. So we don't want to say postponing is blank and say bad. Just be aware and self-aware enough to understand when you're doing it because of fears, when you're doing it because you are afraid of facing something, when you're doing it because of internal narratives that might be toxic, and when you're not really mm, doing it because it's what's gonna contribute more to your project, your goals, your mission, your vision, your... I mean, direction in general.
1: Yeah, and and one thing you started touching on a little bit I wanna elaborate on. Sometimes we don't start because we feel we're not ready for something. We feel we don't have enough information, we don't have enough context, we don't have clarity about something. And as this can affect anybody, but I think particularly introverts will t- kind of take it to the next level because they want to feel ready before they do anything. They're more methodical. They're more think-before-they-speak, think-before-they-act type of people. Uh, and I know this from personal experience. As a primarily introverted person, There's so many things in life that I would postpone, avoid, because I felt like I'm not ready. I wouldn't say things because I don't think my idea is ready. I wouldn't say things because I don't think my social skills are ready. I wouldn't do things because I wasn't sure if I would get scared or not or something bad would happen or not. And sometimes you, d- the only way in which you're going to get the clarity and going to get the information you need is by starting some Or the somewhere. experience you need. Yeah, and and that for me has been a process to learn and apply Uh, because, yes, you have to face the possibility of being rejected, the possibility of failing, the possibility of embarrassing yourself, the possibility of being judged. But if you have the mentality of, I'm going to do this to gain more knowledge, to gain more experience, it's going to be such a different process than if mentally you're relying on this one time that you do things to be the one time that it's perfect. And I think a lot of us want things to be perfect from the beginning. We want to be good at things from the, the beginning. But if we really want to get skilled with something, if we really want to advance with something, we have to allow ourselves that process of being bad at it first. Uh, And for me, like I had a lot of problems with communication growing up. Um, We mentioned it a bit on other podcasts, but there have been times in my life where I basically didn't speak. Uh, I I would get paralyzed. Uh, I wasn't diagnosed, but it played a. Certain pattern, like selective mutism, like certain situations, I just could not physically formulate words. Um,
0: for to give a little emphasis uh, to what she's saying, for many, 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 many years, the
1: first twenty years of my life, she basically <laughs>
0: didn't speak. Yeah. It was my mother and I that had to speak for her. Yeah. People would bet that they could make her smile, laugh, or reply to their questions or conversations. People. Or jokes. People (laughs) would literally make competitions trying to engage her in conversation and she would just have a blank stare. And sometimes she would run to the bathroom crying if she got a direct question and it was too overwhelming for her. Uh, So she definitely has had very strong social anxieties and uh, something we mention every episode. I think I was going to mention it, but I don't think I quite mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Introversion and shyness are two different things. Introversion, I already mentioned, is need for less social stimulus. And shyness is fear of judgment. It can affect every personality, including extroverts like myself. Yeah. In the case of my sister, yes, she has a very strong introverted personality, but she also had a lot of shyness and many other variables and many other factors yeah. that affected her, <laughs> uh, including social anxieties and sometimes depression and different things. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it. I want to emphasize this because people see her now and they don't really... I don't think they captured just the contrast, yeah. but the people who've known you, uh, for many years, I mean, have seen the, have contrast. seen the contrast. <laughs> I mean, I know Steve behind the scenes here, who's uh, been uh, a part of our family basically since, since we were teenagers. Uh, there were a few years that he didn't see you. And then suddenly he, when he met up with us about a year ago again, and he saw you and Listen to you, he was like, Wow, <laughs> she has said more in this one day than she did seven years in yeah. Canada, right? So, yeah, so it there has been a huge transformation in my sister, and I just wanted to emphasize that because yeah. she wasn't giving the, the, yeah,
1: I've lived with my own process, so sometimes I kind of forget how drastic the change is. Oh, it's not, uh, anymore. but yeah, no, like th- I definitely lived much of my childhood and teenage years. Feeling like I didn't have many opportunities yeah. for the future because of that. Oh, uh, and
0: I, as your brother, I always assumed <laughs> I would have to hire you for something. I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> and I thought I would have to hire you to do something where you didn't have to interact with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, fun fact: she quit a job just because every very calls. now and then she had to answer the phone, <laughs> and it was not a daily thing nor a frequent thing, but just the anxiety of that phone ringing made her quit
1: yeah that was that was not my favorite job yep, yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: so so yeah for many years i had a a certain sense of responsibility of i have to hire her and 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 and
2: maintain yeah. her and the fun <laughs>
0: fact is is a lot of things change in her life and yeah. All of a sudden, I was learning from her, and and all of a sudden, she was experiencing more success than me, and <laughs> and uh, I mean, a lot of different things changed in her life. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean, we we bring this up not to make it look like it's an overnight change, and uh, everything, no, no. but exactly to emphasize the fact that it's not an overnight change. It is going to be tough at yeah. times. There were so many times where I felt like I messed up, where I felt like I was advancing and then I fell back, and yeah. then you know, i had been doing so good and then I messed up again and then I would feel like such a failure and it's been really, 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 really tough yeah. for so much of the process and it's lasted years but I've also been really stubborn yeah. in the sense that I kept thinking if I can improve, if something can change, I want to
0: try. Uh, I, I think that's a very important point. Uh, well, the two points there. One is we all have insecurities, we all make mistakes, we all judge ourselves, and no matter how much progress you make, there are gonna be days that are gonna be tough, there are yeah. gonna be moments that are gonna be tough, even uh, for the most, I don't know what to, to, uh, word to use, the most successful, mm-hmm. stable, uh, people that we can kind of think of, they have their off days. We, I mean, everyone has their off days. Uh, and the other thing is, that stubbornness, I mean, per, that perseverance, that decision. And and this is something we talk a lot about in development. You have to make a conscious choice, a conscious decision to make your goals more important than your fears. You have to give that power. You have the mm-hmm. control to give that power. I, I know a lot of people who who suffer from many different insecurities, social anxieties, panic attacks, things like that. Uh, and I think the people who have seen the biggest change with is the people who... Who have m- had that stubbornness? That like I want to live. I want to improve, even though today is a bad day. Hopefully tomorrow is gonna be a better day. And like I, I, am gonna keep searching for an, uh, a way of 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 dealing with this. And obviously, with with everything we talk about, we have to understand. We have to, you have to take a wholesome approach, right? With uh, well, my sister, she has done many different things over the years uh, that all have contributed to where she is today. And uh, it would be foolish of us to say that there's a one route to success or mm-hmm. one way to do it. Uh, and also, while we focus on personality psychology and personal development from uh, changing your mental narrative, uh, gaining confidence by certain exercises, we also will say we don't replace doctors. Mm-hmm. There are certainly some people that um, need to go down that avenue and we don't want to uh, say that... Uh, that uh, that is something you shouldn't do. Uh, f- obviously, mix all the things together that that uh, that you feel are going to work for you. Only you know what works for you. Yeah. I mean, for most people, it's a mix of exercise, diet, uh, personal development, uh, medicine, or supplements. I mean, different people have different uh, different roots, and, and I just want to clarify that we're going to give you our context from what we specialize in, but we don't want to give the impression that that that's the only thing and 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 that you shouldn't focus on doing things in different ways Mm -hmm. because here's the thing many people who suffer from a lot of these challenges they don't produce enough serotonin dopamine different chemicals in the brain that help them deal with things in a kind of smooth manner. Mm-hmm. And there are many different ways to to supplement those through diet, through exercise, through uh, changing certain environments, uh, through different stimulus, and also through medicine. So, so yeah, just be aware that, that that's uh, something that... I mentioned this because I know we have different types of listeners. I mentioned mm-hmm. this because I know we have listeners who are um, just day-to-day insecurities um, and we also have listeners who have more stronger serious situations and uh, hopefully we can share something that can contribute that can be an additional tool uh, but again don't want to say that it's the only tool or yeah the, the that one thing cancels out the other No, take a wholesome approach and obviously uh you know best what what works for you
1: yeah and and if I, we get sort of get back to that point of sometimes you have to take certain action to get certain clarity. When you have these big situations, they can seem so overwhelming and yes, there are going to be days where you don't have the energy to even try anything at all. But if you've realized that sometimes trying certain things is going to give you more information, like, Hey, I'm going to try this, Mental exercise. See if it works for me. I'm going to try this supplement. See if it works for me I'm going to try seeing a doctor and see if it works for me or a different doctor. See if it works for me I'm going to try uh, Changing this aspect of my life changing this routine changing something applying something taking some kind of action See how it works for me if you have that mentality then that can help in those situations where the reason why, or one of the main reasons why you're postponing something is that lack of clarity. Uh, Because yes, it's very, it would be very comfortable to have all the answers before taking action. But sometimes you do have to take action in order to get some of those answers. Yeah.
0: No, no. And I mean, procrastination is something that affects so many of us in Mm -hmm. different moments. And for some people, it's a very constant issue. For some people, it's just in those moments of high stress, yeah. of high risk, where the risk becomes so great that they end up paralyzing themselves. And uh, we talk about with introverts, they need a lot of context and a lot of clarity. With extroverts, they can sometimes be impulsive and then punish themselves afterwards. Yeah. And And if they repeat the same mistake multiple times, all of a sudden they can become afraid of that side of the personality and then they paralyze themselves and freeze themselves and reject that side of themselves and that becomes a whole different issue. Uh, But I will say, for example, with extroverts, they can also freeze from lack of clarity and such. But more commonly what we see with extroverts is if they don't have the resources or they feel they don't have the resources to sustain certain success. And mm-hmm. oftentimes it becomes more of a fear of success, which is fear of failure in disguise because they feel that they can't sustain the success yeah. because they don't have the infrastructure to support it. I can tell you from experience, I've done that many times. Yeah, um, I started my entrepreneurial uh, ambitions or, or, or projects from a very early age. And I remember building many different platforms, digital platforms. I, I, I build websites and stuff. And uh, I remember in the early days, I would build a great platform. I would see a lot of interaction right away. And I'd be like, uh-oh, uh, um, uh, I need to change platform. I need to make it more social. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I remember actually the first version of a certain project I did was actually the most successful. Mm-hmm. And I shot myself in the foot because I was like, I was so afraid of not being able to sustain the growth and the interaction that I was like, no, I have to rebuild it on a better platform, a better server, a better this, a better that. And while there's certainly some truth to it from a technical perspective, I over-exaggerated the risks and I over-exaggerated the urgency and I used it as an excuse to basically kill every project I started
1: yeah no it, it was funny because as an outsider I think it was easier to see that there were certain insecurities in play yeah. uh, and I could tell that whenever there would be certain success he would panic and then destroy what he had built yeah. rebuild it destroy it again rebuild yeah. it and for many years going back and forth like yeah. that yeah. but when you're in that situation yourself that insecurity and that fear is so real to you yeah and it's so overwhelming That, yeah, if you don't have the self-awareness and if you don't have that willingness and and emotional and mental strength to go, okay, yes, I'm really scared. Yes, I'm really insecure right now. But I need to work on that to, to advance with this. Then, yeah, it's so easy to fall into that pattern. And I think a lot of people do that in various different ways in different aspects of their lives. Things will go really well and then they go too well. And then... Destroy what you've built, Uh, which at that point you have to look at, okay, what are the resources that I need and how can I get them in a way without destroying what I've built? Uh, Because, yes, it's so tempting to say no, no, no. Uh, I think we've seen over the course of both our personal processes and people we've worked with and clients that we've had, sometimes we get really great opportunities in life. And, you know, we get invited to do a TED talk or we get invited to on TV. We get invited to do something great within uh, the circle in which we want to be successful. And we feel we're not ready. We feel that we can't do it. We feel that we're going to fail. We've already concluded that based on past experiences. And that's the thing. That's such a big trap that we all fall into we had these past experiences where yeah. we failed and we go because I failed in the past I'm going to fail in the future but the trick is you know more today than you did in the past yeah no You're no a different it person now than you were in those sh- sh- moments
0: it's fun what she's saying because well it's fun looking back now <laughs> it's uh, not fun uh, in b- the moment it wasn't fun in the moment and and even now it's like why did I let myself give so much power to my fears, because there was a period in time where I was getting invited to a lot of TV programs. I was invited uh, by some people within the organization of TED Talk Mexico to give a talk in Spanish, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready for for anything like that in Spanish. Uh, and there was a long period where a lot of opportunities were presented to me, and I was, I was just too afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the first time I went on TV, the way they got on TV, they were like, it's not live. If you mess up, <laughs> we can redo it. So it's like, okay, that reduces a bit of risk in my mind. Uh, but they literally begged me because I was actually accompanying someone else uh, to the TV, and I was going to be behind the scenes. But I talked to kind of the the producers of the show, and they were very impressed with 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 my knowledge. that This was about entrepreneurship, and uh, they basically begged me to be on the show. And I ended up being a frequent person on the show several weeks in a row. Um, as kind of like a co-host, interviewer, uh, but also as an entrepreneur on the show, sharing my contacts and stuff. Uh, But yeah, they managed to get me on because they managed to reduce the risks in my mind. But many before that had tried and had failed. And it is something that for many years, I delayed success because I was afraid of not being able to success I was yeah. afraid of being rejected I had a strong imposter syndrome that feeling that I wasn't qualified that no one would take me seriously that no one would listen to me um that was a very strong one it still sometimes is uh I won't lie but now th- kind of the desire the, the 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 purpose the mission the vision is stronger than those fears so even though I have those fears I still show up um but I won't lie every time we do a podcast before sh- doing the podcast I wanna procrastinate I wanna I wanna uh, cancel I wanna <laughs> I wanna be like uh, but I don't and that's the important thing it's yeah. not a, it, uh, uh, sure there's some irrational fears we can get rid of but there're also some fears that we just have to not give the power yeah uh, and that's something that I've learned finally but also I will say it helps to have a good support network mm-hmm. because like right now I've literally just launched my personal website, my personal uh, YouTube channel, things like that where, when it was about me. It became much scary when I could hide behind the development logo and brand and be like, yeah, I represent the brand as the CEO and the founder. But this is a brand that there were many different structures around the world, in many different languages, with many <laughs> different contexts, with many different experiences. Uh, many of them very highly educated, uh, with formal degrees and things like that. And like wh- when I kind of had that whole kind of support network, it was like, and I still have that whole support network. But when I was hiding behind the brand. It was easy-ish.
2: But the moment it <laughs> was like
0: people on the team were saying, listen, you need to focus on your personal brand. you got to amplify your own voice. People want to hear your context, your story. Um, that was like, that was tough. That was tough. That was, I think, one of the toughest things I've had to do. Despite yeah. having always wanted to be a businessman, always wanted to inspire and uplift people, Uh That imposter syndrome was just through the roof. And I thought by having a big organization with multiple people, they kind of gave me certain validity so I could hide behind that brand. But I've come to learn that it's important for me to kind of sometimes be front and center, sometimes uh, kind of lead by example and things like that. And that has been hard. That has been really, really hard. Uh, yeah. uh, and I wouldn't have done many of the things and I hadn't wouldn't have achieved many of the things I've achieved in the last little while without a great support n- network. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people who've challenged me, who have pushed me, who have not accepted my excuses when I wanted to make excuses and run and hide. Yeah, <laughs> uh, And... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, many times when we've launched new things, the first thing we get are maybe haters or uh, <laughs> not-so-nice comments. Yeah. And especially in the English market, we've, we've seen a lot of that. And it's been like, okay. Yeah. And every time it's like, no, I want to go hide. <laughs> but we don't let each other anymore. I mean, yeah. in the beginning, it, obviously, we all had more insecurities. Now we have done this for enough time that even despite those things, moments of rejection of failure of mistakes that we obviously make sometimes we keep showing up and and i think that's that's something that you have to ask yourself are you showing up are you taking those steps Mm -hmm. or are you letting those voices in your head amplify themselves and are you giving those more power than you should
1: yeah and and the thing with that is that not everybody in your social circle has to be your biggest cheerleader Uh, because there's a lot of validity also in having people that present different points of view, different perspectives uh, that disagree with you sometimes or that critique you sometimes because you can listen to that because sometimes, yes, they're going to be just speaking from their own insecurities, their own fears, whatnot, appreciate the feeling that they're communicating if they're trying to protect you and they're coming from a good place. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to listen to all the negative feedback you get. No. But if you're listening to it, sometimes people might come up with really valid points that your cheerleaders aren't telling you in that moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything we talk about in Develop about is about having a whole, taking a whole-time approach. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, contextualizing things, getting as much information as you can, show as much consciousness and awareness to make the best decisions you can. And yes, obviously you don't want to surround yourself by only cheerleaders because then you are not going to grow, then you're not going to step out of your comfort zone, then you're just going to get a false sense of false security. Like, yeah. uh, And then when you get into the real world, you'll feel that it's so harsh. And, and uh, obviously there's a lot of value in having... Uh, people who tell you really what's up i mentioned steve when (laughs) you were mentioning that because i have many conversations about this with him because he's very good at challenging Mm me uh he's very good at being like this is not acceptable this is not good enough make sure that you're not just listening to cheerleaders i'm not a cheerleader (laughs) sometimes he is but but he is generally very very good at at being like this is this is not good enough this is this is not acceptable, this, there's too high risk in this in terms of mm-hmm. like unnecessary risk, approach it differently. And yes, sometimes it gets frustrating. Uh, sometimes I want to kill him <laughs> with a lot of love and respect and gratitude. <laughs> but many times it helps me level up. Yeah. Many times it helps me improve things. And I have generally tried to surround myself by a lot of people who have very different personalities to me, mm-hmm. who see things very differently to me with very different contexts. So I grow and I also try to widen my data pool mm-hmm. to get information and feedback from as many people as possible. Uh, but I will say, be very careful to surround yourself with too many pessimists. Yeah. Because pessimists will kill your inspiration. Yeah, so you,
1: you have to have a balance between the cheerleaders and the cr- critiquers? Critics? Critics. Critics. <laughs> uh, Because exactly, some people are going to be telling you, hey, this isn't good enough. Hey, you need to step this up. But you also need a space where you can go where it's comfortable, where it's safe, where you do have the cheerleaders that are saying things in a nice way because you need to recover certain emotional energy too. So it's really about finding the balance and also looking in your relationships over time where are people coming from. Because there are people that are going to be cheerleaders so long as you do what they want you to do. There are people that are going to be critiquers, but because they really love you and want to support you, they're going to be people that critique you because they're insecure and they're projecting it on you, and there are people that are going to be cheerleaders because they really believe in you. So you do want to look over time at, okay, where are people coming from? How are their life situations affecting how they speak to me? How is whether or not we disagree affecting how they treat the situation? You want to look at these things over time to really build a strong yeah, support and, and another
0: thing is don't mistake criticism for lack of support. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel that some people are not supporting us because they criticize us, and many times they're criticizing us because they care about us. Yeah. And sometimes they're overprotecting us, yes. Sometimes they don't, don't have enough context to form a very informed opinion and end up uh, sharing based on their insecurities, their context, all the stuff you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, And you have to be very careful of that sometimes in development. I mean, we talk about this. Who should you seek advice with? Well, you want to seek advice with people who... In different moments, you might want to learn something specifically from them because you, they have mastered or discovered or figured something out that you haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to uh, seek advice from people who you know will tell you the truth even if it hurts. Sometimes you want to f- listen to advice from people who you know will cheer you on because that's what you need in that moment. You just need to hear that. And I'm very good at that now. I'm. I When I feel down, I literally ask for kind of a bit of positive feedback Mm -hmm. without framing it directly. But like I seek the certain people with certain examples and certain contexts where I know that it's more likely that I will get positive feedback. Sometimes you want to identify whether someone really cares about your best interest or whether or not they're projecting their own desires, their own goals onto you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also something you have to be aware of. There are many different variables. Uh, but I think the best thing you can do is widen your data pool. Yeah. Um, and also s- uh, by widening your data pool, you can see what are the trends? Because many times there, if there's only one or two that are very critical of you, but m- many of them are uh, the people around you are very like optimistic and cheerful, okay, then it's not a big issue. But if you're noticing that there's a trend where you're hearing the same feedback, the same constructive or negative feedback over and over again. Don't dismiss it in that moment. Okay, there's a trend here. What's going on? Yeah. Let's face that. Um, but don't give up by because of it. Be yeah. like, okay, how, what can I tweak and what can I change? And I yeah. think uh, when we're talking about procrastination, one big danger is concluding things prematurely. Mm-hmm. Concluding that someone is not supporting us because they're critical of us. Concluding that, like, many times we end up thinking that something is unfair or that it's not just that it's not uh that they're not supporting us that they're giving preferential treatment to someone else whatever there are many different things that that can happen i've seen that here in the office uh especially in the the early days when we were just forming the team many people would kind of conclude certain things that were false and uh in the beginning, they didn't have enough, we had, hadn't had built enough trust and enough yeah. dialogue for them to come to me. And then suddenly they would become less productive, they would start procrastinating more, and I'd be like, what happened? And then I finally sit down and talk with them, and then I finally get it out of them that, oh, there was something that they felt was not just, that was not fair, that was not good, or that was preferential treatment, or there was this, and there was that. And once I heard that feedback as a leader i could be like okay i'm sorry that you feel that way let's explore why you feel that way okay so this is the moment and this is this thing okay let me share a little bit of my context so you get a more wholesome understanding of what happened in that situation this was done because of this and this and this and yes i may have failed to communicate to you but understand that this doesn't mean what you have concluded and uh, by having a lot of good healthy wholesome conversations about the things that make us feel bad, made us feel sad, made us feel excluded, make us feel... A lot of things change. I mean, for example, with us, one thing that happened early on was as I wanted to respect your introverted context, <laughs> I gave you an excess of space yeah. because th- for most of my life I gave you too little space. Yeah. So mm-hmm. suddenly I was like, I'm going to give her all the space in the world and be super patient with her and super understanding. And as a result, without wanting to i made you feel excluded
1: yeah yeah it (laughs) very much so and and i'm normally not the type of person that feels much of a sense of abandonment or worry about abandonment but it was just so much space that there wasn't much contact there wasn't much information like i didn't have clarity and as an introvert i need information to act upon and i didn't have the information to act upon so I would just kind of feel like I was in limbo, like do I do something, do I not do something? Do I say something, do I not say something? How do I advance, right? Yeah. And so I was procrastinating, not from a typical sense of you know wanting to avoid something personally, but I just didn't know where to start. Yeah,
0: uh, and, and something I have to be aware of is for all you introverts out there, be patient and understanding and empathetic with your extroverted friends and coworkers Mm -hmm. because in certain moments, they might, with a lot of passion, deliver certain arguments or opinions that they're not really married to, but it's just their reaction that moment. And maybe they were caught in a moment where they were drained and had less mental clarity and less tact. Don't mistake those moments for being their actual opinions or solid, rigid things, because I've also noticed that that sometimes, I myself, as an extrovert, or other extroverts on the team, might have had a very strong reaction to something, and then other people on the team felt, "Oh no, we're not supported, or we are judged, or we that was our idea was crushed, or like what like many different uh, narratives in many different situations. Sometimes even personal uh, things that." N- And understand that if you feel that way and you think an extrovert has judged you, criticized you, or rejected you, talk to them. Talk to them because we've seen that many times on the team, the uh, introverts have maybe come to like premature conclusions in the sense that they didn't have enough data. Because for an extrovert, you gotta see their general trend, not just what they say in one moment. Yeah, and that's th- something that introverts, they, what they say in one moment is generally more thought out. They yeah. are generally more <laughs> married to that idea. They are more committed to that idea. But an extrovert might share different things in different moments mm-hmm. and uh yeah because
1: an introvert will tend not to say something until they've formulated a certain idea exactly. or opinion about it S- whereas extroverts still say like the first thing that c- pops into their Which head sometimes
0: it's inappropriate. when they don't
1: have all the information <laughs> when they've only seen like a snippet of something they'll yeah. just share whatever they thought in that moment and they'll speak with so much confidence yes extroverts are really good at speaking with confidence whether or not they're confident yep. and that was really important for me to learn because yeah with yannick like whenever he speaks he sounds really convinced of what he's saying so me as an introvert who thinks before i speak i go oh he's probably thought about it's it it's not a long that time. i don't
0: <laughs> think before i speak but sometimes but as an to extrovert, an introvert you're who impulsive. does it for
1: like months or years yeah. before <laughs>
0: <laughs> Steve <laughs> says I don't think before I speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, so understanding that we just have different thought processes and yeah. different ways of responding to and expressing our thoughts has helped so much because yes, they say one thing with so much authority and so much certainty and I'm like oh, that's your opinion? Okay, Um, okay. And then I have to like rethink everything. How am I going to deal with that? And how am I going to approach that? And then I found out later that it was just like a split-second reaction. No, no. (laughs) And It has
0: led to a lot of deterioration of uh, of relationships or trust or communication. I've seen it throughout my life where all of a sudden someone changes the behavior uh, with me or someone else that's extroverted that I know. And generally speaking, they might have been more introverted or they might have been ambiverted may have been more emotionally expressive and uh, emotionally like desire more emotional expression and then they might be interacting with someone who has a harder time being emotionally expressive so they might feel unloved when they actually were loved mm-hmm. but the love was just shown in a different way yeah. with actions instead of words and maybe different actions than what they were seeking so I've seen a lot of people all of a sudden push away people uh, because they drew conclusions. And I've been generally very good at when I see that, talking with them. So what's up? What what what, what has you down? What has you feeling this way? And, and generally speaking, I've been quite good at tackling those and eliminating certain false ideas. Uh, and I've also, with time as an extrovert, gotten better at thinking of the consequences of my words and my yeah. timing and such uh and to some some period of my life i went too far where i suddenly lost my voice and i didn't want to speak up and i didn't want to express myself because i was afraid of expressing myself because what's going to happen if i express myself because uh, maybe i messed up or miscalculated or had a foot in mouth moment where i said something stupid and i'm like uh, for years later in the bathroom shower or in 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 the uh, uh, in bed be- uh, like right, right before, before sleep right. being <laughs> like why did I say that why did I do that oh um. that was such a foot-in-mouth moment. Extroverts they have a lot of foot-in-mouth moments. And, and if we go
1: back to the topic of pr- procrastination that's something we'll see a lot with extroverts where you know because they're more impulsive because they move faster eventually they accumulate a certain amount of failures or rejections or situation they got themselves into that weren't the best. And then the fear can start to build up and become a more paralyzing yeah. fear. Because yeah. at first it's more of like an after effect, like a hangover type, yeah. punishing yourself and embarrassment for what you did. Uh, but over time, as that accumulates, it can become paralyzing. It can become something that, you know, you just don't even go certain places. You don't even do certain yeah. things. You don't express yourself in certain ways. Because you have that backstory of all the times you feel you've messed up.
0: No, I think uh, as an extrovert, most of the times where I procrastinated something have been either because I felt I didn't have enough resources to sustain it because I was afraid of success, but really I was afraid of failing after some success. Uh, But also there's been a lot of self-judgment where I have felt that because of all my failures that I associated with my extroverted side, I wasn't capable. Um, you have to understand, as a very, very extroverted, uh, well, I, I'm not extremely extroverted, I'm ambiverted leaning towards extroverted. I'm an extroverted leaning ambivert. Um, for me, school the school system was tough. There are many different things. So I always felt that I wasn't intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I always felt there were certain things I couldn't do without the support of someone more introverted, more structured, mm-hmm. more academically successful. And for many years I put conditions yeah. because of my imposter syndrome and I procrastinated and I wouldn't do things before I had someone to validate me. It, w- it was so bad that the first... when. I started giving sales courses. I have lots of sales experience. Mm-hmm. I have sold door-to-door, on the phone, uh, in-store, online, products, services. I've recruited, I've trained hundreds of salespeople uh, in different countries, and different companies. Uh, I have lots of sales experience. But I remember the first time I decided to give uh, a sales course independently, I decided to do it with a psychologist with a master's degree, Because she had a master's degree and that would somehow validate me. (laughs) And the interesting thing is it was very, very clear and I'm very, very grateful for her and all the support she gave me and all the patience she had with me and the collaboration we had. It was amazing. But it was very, very clear that when it came to sales, I had uh, so much experience and so much to share, but I was just so afraid and I needed someone next to me. After that, when I started Develop Your Element, the first thing I did also was partner with someone who had a master's degree who could uh, provide certain academic validity. Um, And I had a trend of, in the beginning, not being able to do anything alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Despite developing this, uh, despite being the founder, the CEO, I needed someone to validate me. And I think once... I had to kind of do things more front and center myself is when it really became scary for me. And it was very, very hard. I think that was the biggest process for me, imposter syndrome. Uh, Every one of you listening or or watching is going to have something different that paralyzes you. It might be imposter syndrome. It might be fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success. Uh, It might be lack of clarity, lack of uh, context, lack of information. It might be a negative narrative or conclusions you made about people you collaborate with. So in turn, you can't advance in that project because you feel something is unfair and you make a lot of kind of reasons in your mind as to why. The other thing we mentioned in the beginning that we still have to emphasize uh, is sometimes you just don't have the mental clarity and you need to go disconnect and recharge your battery. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how many times I've been in front of the computer without any, any, any real mental clarity and i'm just sitting there forcing work and i don't get anything done (laughs) 20 hours of sitting in front of the computer with no mental clarity is way worse than two hours sitting in front of the computer with mental clarity i can do so much more in less time when i'm regenerated i remember the first time i allowed myself to regenerate consciously within the business i was like so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to experiment here. I'm not being productive. I don't understand why. Let me f- experiment some of these things that, that I've, I've researched can help recharge me. Let's do this. And then, but I felt so many insecurities in that moment that she was living in Japan. <laughs> I called her up and I was like, yo, I'm thinking of getting a PlayStation so that I can recharge my battery and distract myself from work, but so that I can be more productive at work. What do you think? And obviously it was like, please do it, do it. I mean, uh, uh, I called my mother, please do it. Why haven't you done it yet? I asked my business partner, please do it. Why haven't you done it yet? Everyone could kind of feel the urgency and the need. (laughs) But for me, I was forcing work because I felt such a sense of responsibility, such a sense of risk and such a desire to advance that I was forcing productivity and it didn't work. I just burned out my staff. I just uh, burned myself out and things weren't advancing. Uh, So we all have to be aware of burnout when we are forcing things will lead to procrastination. Even though we're physically there, if we're not mentally there, how are we going to get stuff done? Uh, And for example, my personal website. Ooh, that one took a lot of mental clarity. That required a lot of, I mean, I needed to be really recharged to really get through it because it was tough it was tough to face all those fears i needed a support network i needed many different things to do it mm-hmm. there are certain things that require facing more fears than others and when you face those it feels great it feels great but it's a process and yeah. and with procrastination you gotta just be self-aware and be like yo where is it that and why is it that you're procrastinating yeah and and we all procrastinate for different reasons and different moments um and it's not a one-size-fits-all procrastination. It's not just one thing and one motivator, but there's certainly a trend. Often it's insecurities, often it's burnout. And many times it's a mix of both because yeah. many times we burn ourselves out due to insecurities. Yeah. Many times we try to make things so perfect because of fears and we push ourselves too hard and as a result don't get stuff done. Yeah. So that's something we have to be very, very careful with.
1: Yeah, yeah No and and occasionally our fears are not going to be so linear or so obvious. Like sometimes yeah. like we've met a, a lot of people that we work with and a lot of clients that we had for example they'll be afraid of making a lot of money or getting famous or becoming successful for fear of losing their family or for fear that yeah. their family is going to say, you've forgotten about me, you've abandoned yeah. me, things like that. So sometimes it's not just, oh, I'm afraid of being successful and then losing that success. It's I'm afraid of being successful in this area of my life and putting at risk this other area uh, of my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's this terrible idea. and Well, it's a reality for people if they don't manage their their projects in a wholesome intelligent way interconnecting the goals and all that good stuff but there's this terrible idea that sometimes developing one thing what means sacrificing the others if you mm-hmm. take a wholesome approach they should all contribute to each other yeah uh, y- a good career should contribute to a good home life a good home life should contribute to a good career yeah it's not that focusing on one should mean sacrificing the other mm-hmm. It take a wholesome approach and and that's something that sometimes can be a little bit hard to know how to navigate yeah and sometimes we may come to premature conclusions other thing is leveling up when we're about to level up sometimes we are afraid of leaving other people behind in a previous level instead of being like how can we all level up together and now steve is joining us (laughs) hello
2: hello I feel like you've mentioned a lot of reasons why somebody might procrastinate, um, and I think you've left a big one out.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Time management. Yeah. People have, some Some people, I'm going to speak from my experience, have a terribly, terribly bad concept of time. I'm super ambitious. I want to get things done. I want to move in, on things, but I underestimate No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I can get 700 things done in a day, but in reality I can get 10 things done in a day and that causes a lot of trouble. So, um, one of the things that I've done to combat that I'm super electric and some senses and aquatic when relationships and, and metallic sometimes. And, uh, that's a really hard one to keep a balance of because, uh, both of my secondary and third elements conduct electricity. So so I found what helps with me is uh, if I start doing something, the moment I wake up, I'll get a lot done. If I wake up and I allow myself to, you know, I I allow myself the grace period where I drink my coffee, but then I start working um, right away. And if I don't do that, if I allow myself to play a game or do a little extra browsing on Reddit um, or walk around or, or go somewhere or do something and say, oh, I'll get to something later, I'm not getting to that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's a great point, because different things are going to work for different people in terms of time management. And there's going to be so many people that are going to sell you the perfect time management system. And it might be great for you and it might not be great for you. Uh, so with that, you kind of have to experiment a little bit and trust yourself to go through a process of figuring out what works for you. Uh, I know for me, it's a little bit the opposite. I kind of need to take it a little bit easy in the mornings, give myself time to breathe, give myself time to, OK, you know, life is good. And then get started, because if I get started right off the bat, I can wear myself out really, really quickly on that rhythm. Um but yeah, it's it's great that you found a system that works for you. And I think that all of us should kind of reflect on that for ourselves. Okay, w- how can I manage my time in a way that works for me, that works with my personality, that works with my instincts, that works with my work process, things like that.
0: One of the things that, uh, and I think one of the reasons why Steve's method works so well for Steve is, sometimes we need to feel that rush of an accomplishment yeah. to have the energy to continue. Yeah. So if you start the day off with an accomplishment, there are going to be chemicals released in your brain that help you feel happier, feel more capable, feel more confident. Yeah. And they can give you the energy you need to continue going. Mm-hmm. So yes, for people who have uh, difficulty focusing and who have difficulty uh, finishing things, they start uh electric people can uh, have that Um, if they see that they are finishing things they have more energy to continue if they feel that rush of like ooh success they can do more in a day than if they don't start off with that because yes Mm -hmm. there's so many distractions being more extroverted means being more impulsive more easily distracted more easily pulled in different directions I am not as extroverted as he is, being fiery instead <laughs> of electric, but I also get pulled in many different directions, and I think it's one of the biggest challenges we face here at the office, mm-hmm. is the amount of directions I get pulled in, and it's very easy to pull me in a m- many different directions, and I think it's very clear that, especially on the extroverted side, if we see those kind of, we see success, even if it's a small success, but we see it, we celebrate it, we, we value it, we have more energy to move on. Yeah. Um, We sometimes mention this example. The richest person in the world, if they feel stuck, is going to be less happy than a poor person who feels like they're advancing, like they're growing, like they're achieving things. There are few feelings that are as great as that feeling of progression and growth and advancing and all of that good stuff. So yes, if we can start the day off with that, especially for the more extroverted people, that's great. Yes, for introverts, because they are more methodical, they need time to organize their mind, uh, sometimes give them a little bit of time and be patient with them. Uh, I've noticed, generally speaking, in the office, the introverts, they sometimes are a little slower to start the day, but... They also do things so well that I... No, one thing,
1: <laughs> one thing that introverts will do is that we're really good at back burner work. We're really good at, you know, we're maybe playing a video game or we're in the bathtub or we're doing something that doesn't look productive but the back of our mind is working on the thing we need to work on and we're p- putting the pieces together, we're making connections between things, we're structuring our thoughts and then once things are ready, there... We start doing things and we can apply things really fast if we've allowed ourselves that process. I know for me, if I haven't done the back burner work and I just sit down directly into work, I go, it takes me so much longer to finish it.
0: Have you ever noticed that extroverts tend to need to celebrate their achievements more publicly and get praise and like <laughs> I've noticed that here in the office the more yeah. people they want to come over and show me every single thing they do and look what I achieved and look what I did and yeah. they expect me to cheer them on and obviously I want to cheer them on but sometimes I'm so busy with something <laughs> yeah. that I don't give them enough like celebration and then it's like huh. but like introverts <laughs> they do a lot of things that they don't share and people don't realize how much introverts actually do <laughs> share at the office sometimes we have no idea what the introverts are working on because they're kind of keep them more to themselves. They don't have the same (laughs) need to brag and show off every time they do stuff. So we actually had to implement a system here at the office where we share what we've been working on the week before, what we're going to be working on next week and uh, who we need help from and what help we need and what we are stuck on, things like that. And it really helped the extroverts realize, whoa, the introverts do so much more work than I realized. Mm -hmm. I did not know they did all of that work. But Yes, the extroverts. We very clearly knew all of the stuff they were working on. <laughs>
2: and sometimes that external validation is isn't so like physically present because you know sometimes even an extrovert will achieve something by himself or by herself when other people aren't around. Um, I know, like the video I just edited for your channel, um, great video. Um, it was the burnout one, I think, yeah. and uh, I shared it on my Facebook and said, oh, "This is a good video." toots my own horn <laughs> so um, yeah you, you can do a lot of things to motivate yourself to uh, to get around procrastination I'm a master procrastinator they say if you spend uh, seven years uh, or 10,000 hours doing something you'll become a master at it and I'm three times over master at procrastination <laughs> um, and so uh, what I will do is I, I will seek out those validations for the things that I do accomplish but uh, as well Um, something I like to think about whenever somebody says procrastination, procrastination, I think of a pile of dishes in the sink. (laughs)
0: um,
2: I remember back when I used to work at McDonald's, um, I I lived in multiple places with different people and, and whatever, but uh, there's still a responsibility to keep the place clean and to do your dishes and blah, blah, blah. And so you come home from work and you just had a, a, a shitty day or you had a day and you come home from work and you've got a couch, you've got a bed, maybe you've got your Xbox uh, or a cat that wants attention or something, but you've got a pile of dishes there. And for me, if I sit down and allow myself to play with the cat or the Xbox or, or whatever, I'm only adding dishes to that pile later on. And it's going to be 10 times harder to take care of them. Versus if I come home from work and see the dishes, I still kind of already have that work vibe.
1: Yeah, you get the momentum. I, d- I don't <laughs> like
2: it, but I have that wave, so I might yeah. as well ride it. And and it's a lot easier to y- y- even not even do all of the dishes. Sometimes, like like don't get me wrong, doing all of the dishes is great, but twenty percent of the dishes is a hundred percent better than none of the dishes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's a really valid point because sometimes you'll have that momentum going. Of other things you've accomplished. And yes, you've started to get tired. Yes, the sofa is really tempting. Or the bed is really tempting. But when you notice you have that momentum going. Take advantage of it. That doesn't mean push yourself and work 24-7. And never rest. But do take advantage of that. When you realize that. Okay, I'm going to get it done now. And I'm not going to get it done later.
0: One thing I also have noticed is. You have to know when to push. When to do a sprint. Because uh we talk a lot about being patient here at develop Jam. we talk a lot about being uh empathetic of people's needs their processes their timing uh we really focus on understanding why people are taking longer in some Mm. projects than maybe it's sometimes what we feel is is correct and sometimes we have those instincts of feeling impatience and wanting to push through Uh, but uh, it's very very important to know when especially as a leader this has been hard for me for a long time I kind of just was overly empathetic to the point of like oh everyone will do things in their own time and sometimes you got to push them sometimes Mm -hmm. you got to be that person who's like okay I know we're all tired I know we're all fatigued but we are we are so close we're so close we can do this and the it's something that when we feel that we're so close, sometimes it's when we're b- about to burn out. Yeah. And I've seen it so many times that we're this close to achieving something and then people start shutting down. Yeah. And sometimes it's, okay, yes, go do this. Go uh, regenerate, especially with the more extroverted people, both Steve and Itzel have an extroverted side they both have an electric side sometimes I send them on errands that are useless errands just to get them out of the office so that they can move so that they can have some Someti-
2: fun. sometimes it's just go play Pokemon Go
0: yeah, literally. Sometimes it's like, okay, you guys go pro- Pokemon Go. Like uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, I could see that they weren't being very productive, and I was like, "Do you want me to take you out to play Pokemon?" Yes, please. And then we got back and we worked late into the night and got a lot of stuff done.
1: No, I want to. I want to add to that because at that point I was sleepy. It wasn't the typical extroverted burning out where you start getting anxious to go out. I was past that line into really sleepy. I was like. An app right now is free. I can do it right here, right now, so easy. But yes, even though I'm primarily introverted, I do have that extroverted electric side that likes to have fun, that likes to adventure, that likes to see and do different new things. And in that moment, we took advantage of that because we knew that that one could catapult me Uh, more in that moment. You have to
0: understand, we're all a mix of different personalities. Many people have very strong extroverted and introverted instincts and sometimes one of them is being your enemy and sometimes the other one is being your friend and you just got to know when to convert the enemy into a friend by recharging it and helping it out and when you got to use the other side of you that is ready for action and mm-hmm. it you just got to be very self-aware With well, my sister i've gotten very good at knowing okay she's she's tired but if i do this if i invite her to this activity thank you very much uh it's it's going to pay off. And one thing that, that I, I've learned is sometimes for that last sprint, you just got to push through. Yeah. And it can be hard. It can be hard to push through in those moments. I remember uh, another night recently, we were all very, very tight. We, everyone was just like, the mood was a little down. Everyone's just kind of like, yeah. uh, you could see it in the body language. They were all like very <laughs> tense. And then I was like, And I was sitting in front of the computer. I was not focusing. I was trying to get my personal website up. And I was just, I couldn't advance. I was looking at a blank screen. I was like, I don't know what to put where, what to write where. (laughs) I need help. And someone on the team, uh, Dave, came up to me and he was like, so I think it would be good for you to disconnect right now. And in that moment, I knew that, no, this is just me delaying. This is just me procrastinating as usual. This project requires facing many fears. I need support, so I went yeah. to a team and I was like, "Listen, guys, this personal website. I need help. I need help. I need help because when it comes to me writing about myself, I cannot do it. I can write about anything else, but when it comes to writing about myself, I'm afraid of sounding too arrogant. I'm afraid of uh, uh, b- miscommunicating. I'm afraid of. I'm just." I can't do it. I don't know what to put where. I don't know what parts of me people uh, are curious about or not curious about. I don't know what is redundant. I need help. So I literally went up to Itzel and Tunata, the more introverted uh, people on the team that are very, very good at writing and structuring information. And I was like, listen, I need you guys' help. And I could tell they both were fatigued. (laughs) I mean, they both, the body language was like, yes, we want to (laughs) help, but tomorrow we help. And I was like, okay. What can I do to express, regenerate them? So we keep going. And I was like, Dieter, Dieter. That's what I call her, sister, sister, but in a playful way. And I'm like, Dieter, Dieter, if I I make your pasta, one of those pastas you really like, um, uh, would you have more energy and would you be able to, I don't know, maybe help with the website today?
1: You have to understand he makes... The best pasta. <laughs> He's a really, 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 really good cook. Uh and during the time during the years we weren't living together, every time one of us would visit the other one, I'd be like, Can you pasta.
0: Yeah, when I visited so. her in Japan she was like, the first thing, <laughs> please make me pasta I miss your pasta, <laughs> months before going to Japan, I need your pasta, can you please make pasta what do you need to make pasta? So
1: it's a very good motivator, it's definitely something that yeah. he's got that that he can motivate me with. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and uh, so, so I did that with with Itel and then Nata, uh, the other guy in the team that was helping with that, I was like what can I do to, to regenerate you and uh, he's primarily a Spanish speaker, he's learning to, to speak English right now and uh, he has this video game uh, with some little characters and who say certain phrases and he's like, if you ex- uh, if you teach me these phrases, if you write them out and explain to me and translate them for me and you teach me these phrases, I'm gonna regenerate and I'll have so much energy and I'll be able to help you. He, because he was literally playing that game that moment. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so let's take the whiteboard and let's teach you about these phrases. And he got so excited <laughs> and, and, and I managed to kind of d- really flip the mood. And, and we talk about express regeneration when you know someone well enough you know that even when there's fatigue when there's burnout sometimes you can do very quick activities to get people back into action Mm -hmm. it's not always that oh they need a long process to recharge sometimes it is and you got to respect that but many times the more you know someone you know which phrases which activities which actions which gestures unlock someone in that moment so in this this day I was like I am procrastinating and I'm stuck because of insecurities about facing my own personal identity and sharing that online. I need help so I got to build my support network and two, I need to regenerate my team. So what can I do? So I did a bunch of things to kind of get everyone up and that evening from everyone being fatigued to I think we worked till like one in the morning. (laughs) We wrote I don't know how much stuff, we scripted I don't know how many videos. The next day we filmed I don't know how many videos uh, we, we got unstuck in so many different things. I was paralyzed also with buying a teleprompter because we were launching some digital courses and I wanted a teleprompter for it, but I, was, I had analysis paralysis, <laughs> another thing that can cause uh, uh, procrastination. If you have too much information, too many choices, which one do you pick yeah. and why do you pick it? Well, I had uh, procrastination for many, many, many months with a teleprompter. Finally, I was so motivated to get some videos out because they were so beautifully scripted. Itself wrote a beautiful masterpiece. Uh, th- there is a video on my personal website, jannglorsen com, that's called Vision and Mission, and she helped basically communicate my core values, my real mission, my what 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 I really stand for, but in a beautiful, beautiful script. And uh, I was like. I cannot say this better myself without a teleprompter. I need a teleprompter now. So we literally... It was Sunday. We're in Mexico City right now. And in Mexico, Sunday, a lot of things are closed. Especially the tech store. So unless we're talking about Best Buy, if we're talking about like mom-and-pop camera shops and things like that, they're generally closed on Sundays. I was so motivated. I wasn't going to let that stop me. So uh, I... uh, Dave who's really good at calling and finding and exploring uh, and I we sat down and we were like okay okay what can we find we literally found the distributor the manufacturer of some really 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 cool uh, uh, teleprompters and we called them up and they invited us into their home yeah. <laughs> and they showed us their whole inventory on their process and it was just beautiful yeah. and within no time we had a teleprompter got back and i mean we made mo- videos that like i couldn't have done without the support without the, the teleprompter and yeah i mean that's another example of sometimes you get analysis paralysis sometimes there's just so many choices you guys i'm really good at i'm a technic tech savvy person i've spent hours investigating computers cameras lights lenses his whole uh, life I've, I've yeah my whole life i've always been a nerd when it comes to those things uh but for some reason teleprompters that there was just so many choices but there was not an obvious choice mm-hmm. there were so many flaws in everyone i found and it was really hard to find the perfect one literally the day I decided today I'm going to take action no matter what, whatever I can find, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to stop myself. We found the perfect teleprompter, the right size for my iPad mini, the right design to not have wobble, to not have any of the main issues that are common with teleprompters. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, So yeah, sometimes you got to know when to push through, when to persevere, when to ask for help. Asking for help is another big thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Benjamin Franklin effect, do you wanna mention the Benjamin Franklin effect?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an important one because many times we don't wanna ask for help for fear of either looking weak or being a nuisance or a burden to other people and whatnot, but the Benjamin Benjamin Franklin effect is based on how Benjamin Franklin, when he was building strategic alliances, he noticed a certain trend, that the people that owed him a favor were not the most likely to actually help him out and repay that favor. Whereas people who had helped him in the past, they were more likely to help him again. And why is that? There are two things that go into it. When you're asking someone for help, you're expressing trust. You're expressing, I trust you, I believe in you, I value your input, I value your skill set, I have eva- value your experience with this, and so I'm counting on you for Which first. is
0: very different from saying you owe me and you have to do this it's an order Mm -hmm. no asking for help and saying listen i trust you you've always been good to me can you help me once again i mean or i trust your judgment i can't do it alone sharing that vulnerability and that trust it goes a long way
1: yeah and also when you're helping someone you will justify in your mind why you're helping that person. You'll be telling yourself in your mind, I'm helping this person because I like them, because I appreciate them, because I look up to them. Oh wow, this person that I admire is counting on me. I feel so flattered. So it actually also helps to reinforce relationships. Uh, So obviously, as Yannick said, there's a very big difference between ordering someone and demanding something of someone and asking for help as a sign of, I trust you. I believe in you as a compliment. If you can know how to ask for help in a way that expresses trust, that expresses admiration, that's a compliment to people, it can fortify your relationships a lot and it can help you advance with a lot of projects.
0: Yeah, and and w- we have to understand that building support networks is super valuable. You yeah. don't have to face things alone. Uh, it's generous asking for help but also one thing to emphasize is that when you ask for help or when you want to see more support from someone in your life that you care about give them more context because if you don't give them context if you don't explain this is my situation this is my personality this is my goal this is my fear or these are my fears and my goals these are the challenges i'm having these are the issues that i'm having these are the uh, sources of of stress this is the the energy leak i'm experiencing if you don't paint them a very broad picture and give them a lot of information what are they going to do they're going to project their insecurities they're going to share you their context they're not going to give you support based on what you really need but if you give them enough context they will be able to help you so much more they'll be able to pinpoint oh right here i can help right here it can be of value here it can be of support here i have an idea here i have a proposal the more information you give the more time you take Mm -hmm. to give them context the better help and support you're going to get. And the more supportive you're going to feel. Yeah, um, That's something that for me was very hard to learn uh, as a leader. For a long time, I would keep a lot of things in my head and I would expect people to be mind readers. <laughs> and then people would be like, if you don't explain to me, if you don't share with me, how can I help you? And I was like, but it's so obvious It was obvious to me, it it wasn't obvious obvious to to others. (laughs) And even to this day, when I'm drained or when I'm very busy, I make mistakes of not communicating certain points. Mm -hmm. And I think the better I get at communicating what's in here, the better support I get and the more productivity we have in the team.
1: Yeah, because there are a lot of people that want to support you. There are a lot of people that maybe they notice you're stressed or they notice you're struggling with something. They notice you maybe are feeling insecure about something. They see that they want to help, they want to support you, but if they don't know how, if they don't know where to begin, the only resource they've got is their own experiences, their own fears, their own struggles, their own goals, so they're going to maybe project that onto you. A lot of the people that might be telling you, hey, get a real job when you're an entrepreneur, maybe those are the people that want to support you and just don't know how. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, uh, sorry. Because
1: that's what works for them. That's what's comfortable for them. That's what has helped them with their issues. But it's not... It might not be what applies to your situation.
0: No, we we have to be very careful to not go into negative narratives about people who do support us, but that support us and love us and care about us and just kind of are there for us in... In their way. In their way. Yeah. Because many times they're doing it from the way that they know how Mm -hmm. and they mean well and sometimes they give us something different than what we seek or what we need in that moment but I think and this doesn't mean that you should go around the world justifying your actions to people and explaining your process to every single person but there are certainly going to be some key people in your life that really have a great influence in how you feel emotionally how you feel mentally Uh, and there are f- some people that taking a little bit more time and just explaining things to them in a way that they can understand with their language, not from your personality, not from your instincts, not from what you value. Uh, use metaphors, use body language, use intensity, use examples, narratives that the other person will see value in. When it comes to certain family members, for example, my dad, he's an academic, so he speaks academic language. The entrepreneurial route for him is too high risk, too yeah. stressful. He doesn't see value in that. So the way I've gotten him to see more value in this project is showing him when I've gotten some achievements. For example, when uh, we got invited to sp- when, when I got invited to speak in front of five hundred people at a government uh, organized entrepreneurship fair for one hundred eighty thousand people. The 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 expo, but the talk itself for five hundred people. That was a huge moment for him because that was something formal, like a conference that he might have given. Yeah. He gives a lot of conferences, so he he spoke that language. Um, when we got uh, mm, approved to give events to businesses and that the government vouched that our courses were on the same level as a university-level course and had validity, uh, those things are things that are his language, right? Uh, So if I go and speak my language, you know know this and that and because of ethics and because of my insecurities and because of this, it's like still the risk is too high. But when I share and focus on the academic stuff, also the examples when I talk about personality theory, when I talk about professors from Harvard, from Cambridge, from uh, Oxford, you know, the uh, examples that are academia, when I uh, talk studies, when I talk his language he gets it with my grandpa also it was a challenge to explain to him because he's 90 years old so he doesn't even know what the internet is my grandpa had businesses he had factories so i had to explain okay so you this is a machine this is what i can do with this machine let me give you a little insight of the power of this ask me any question anything fact you want to know this has access to all the libraries in the world um beautiful here is an example any video you want to watch anything you want to see okay let me show you a map anywhere you want to go let me show you so first I had to show him that this is not a toy and then after that it's like okay so let me explain to you how I run my business and how that relates to how you run your business so you had factories uh, and you had machines so this is a website might be stored in a storage room in Texas but I can reach it from here because this is connected via wires and blah 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 and I can reach this information and uh, so I can build from here but I can distribute to the world it's like distributing on tv but this is so much faster and gives people choice and look how you can find my business by just typing in this uh, so I had to explain him like it I had to speak his language yeah but a lot of family members uh who also have businesses have felt very unsupported by my grandfather because my grandfather doesn't understand how businesses run t- uh, nowadays. But I took the time to sit down and explain to him in a way that he could understand with his language. And then all of a sudden, now he feels like I'm the most successful person and super, super excited and proud of me. Uh, and uh, because I took the time to... Yeah. Earn that respect before that he thought I was the laziest person on earth because I was always on the computer So he thought I was just wasting time when I showed him everything that I had created with this. It was like Oh, okay. I don't want to distract you. I don't want to take your time away from you I respect that you I blah blah. so so those are things that how many people in your lives right now are not Do not understand your context because you didn't take the time to understand your context in a way that they can understand
1: explain you said understand twice. <laughs> wow, that, that, what she yeah. said. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's such a huge thing. And, you know, I think I'm going to make connections that I hope are not too vague for people when I actually put them into words. But also when we're procrastinating things, many times we're avoiding a negative reaction, a rejection, somebody looking at us ugly, somebody not approving our project, things like that. Yeah. But when you learn that skill of being able to present things in other people's language, you're going to have a higher success rate. That doesn't mean everyone's gonna agree with everything you ever do. There are differences in this world. There are people with different goals, different motivations, different priorities, uh, different personal preferences, that's fine. But there are people out there who probably will accept or approve of you or your ideas if you know how to explain it in their language. And I think if you build that skill and develop a certain level of confidence with that skill, that can also be helpful in that moment of procrastination. Uh, Because I know for me in school that was one of the things that set me apart. I would listen really carefully to my teachers, what examples do they give, what do they get excited about, when do their eyes light up. Uh, Academic people tend to be academics because there's something they're particularly excited about. So I would find that. And I remember the first few weeks or like the first couple of months of a semester were always the hardest because I didn't have enough information about the teacher. But then once I knew who they were, how they were, what their thought process was, what got them excited, the rest of the semester would be so much easier because I could package things in a language that they got excited about.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that point you're making is very, very important. Really, with any project, especially if you're being a pioneer, if you're being an innovator, if you're going against the grain, if you're receiving a lot of judgment or rejection as to your chosen path, what you need to do is you have to be a good salesperson. You have to sell your vision. You have to Mm -hmm. sell your process. And salesing tells many things. One thing is communicating value. How do you communicate value when we all perceive value differently? So we Mm -hmm. have podcasts on this, but, you know, one example I say, yeah, this is 100 products in one. How do I sell to an extrovert, an introvert, an ambivert? It's very different. If I go too logical, too structured, too cost-benefit, Things like that. It's going to be too dry for a very extroverted, playful person who wants to have different cases on every day of the week. Uh, And I might miss the mark. If I go too much and, oh, look at all the fun cases with a client who's very introverted, logical, structured and wants to just know, I want to know the price. I want to know cost-benefit. I want to know this. I want to know that. Don't waste my time. I just need one case that works and boom, right? So we have to take the time to sell. Uh, Sell your ideas, sell your vision, but in a way that the other person can understand and receive. Another thing that is part of sales is overcoming objections. One thing is overcoming objections actively. Another one is proactively. So if you listen to our podcast enough, you know the first thing we talk about. One of the first things we mention is we contextualize things, but we also talk about we're not uh, in development. We don't put you in a box. We don't label you. We don't limit you to any set amount of personalities. We don't do this. We don't do that, because we know that those objections we know people are fatigued of personal development that there are many unethical things and not many things that don't work so we go straight away these are the things that we know people are frustrated about i know people are excited about personality psychology but i also know many people don't want to be put in a box don't want to be labeled don't want to feel that their pitfalls define them so we also talk about how you know you're not defined by your pitfalls if you're regenerated if you're at a uh, a high confidence state, you're going to operate from your strengths instead of your pitfalls, you have control, giving you control. Uh, so we mentioned all these common objections in the beginning, get them out of the way because that way people might be more prone to sticking around and listening to the rest of it. If we don't do that, while not everyone is going to have objections, there are some key people who are not going to be able to listen to the rest. Yeah. So we might have a great sales pitch of like, look, and listen to this and listen to that. But if they have this re- objection in their head that we don't tackle right away they have already concluded something and you guys don't know how many people have come up to me and be like at first, I didn't want to listen to you. At first, I didn't want to have anything to do. I heard about development. I was not interested because I didn't want to be put into a box. I took a personality test of this system and this system, and I cried because I had worked so hard to overcome these uh, pitfalls, and they showed that I, uh, I'm i going to live with them for life, and it felt so bad, and blah, blah, blah. And different stories. I'm combining different stories in one, but there was a general trend I was seeing there. Yeah. And then I started, okay, I'm just going to implement as sp- Every conversation I do about development, that's going to be the first thing I mention. Even if it's repetitive, i got to mention that. And that has helped so much. I get so much less rejection or objections uh, now because I get that out of the way right away. So mm-hmm. if you want to build strategic alliances, if you want your project to be more successful, to feel more of that rush of success, to keep going, because let's face it, success leads to more success. Um take time to sell take time to overcome objections both actively and proactively have a can-do attitude have solutions to people's problems sales is also about solving problems the more problems you can solve the better so take that time and don't be stubborn to the point and arrogant to the point of like oh this is my way no one understands me i've heard so many people be like i am misunderstood yeah of course you're misunderstood you haven't taken the time to explain your context in a way that other people can understand most people are understood in this world because we all have different contexts different processes but if you don't take the time to explain your processes with examples with narratives with in a way that other people will understand and receive you're not going to build alliances you're not going to build cheerleaders yeah they're going to be people that naturally are in, in sync but if you go through life only working with people who are naturally in sync with you, you're not going to get far. You've got to work also with those people who are critical of you. Some of the most critical people of me are now some of my greatest supporters and collaborators. I've grown so much from learning and listening to critical feedback. We've also improved our quality and everything has leveled up so many times because people have been critical and have said, this is not good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no and I was gonna say something that I think I forgot in the middle of what you were saying. Um
0: That has never happened to me at all on this podcast ever.
1: I'm the only person who's ever had this feeling. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's it is really important to build that support network. And yes, there are going to be people that even if you explain yourself won't understand. I recently saw something on the internet, somebody shared some some screenshots of a situation where they were explaining, like there was a post somebody shared and people weren't understanding the numbers and why certain numbers came out a certain way. And that was a person that explained it so clearly, word for word, and then would reword it and people didn't understand. And they would reword it and people didn't understand. And you know, that person, props to them because they had so much patience and they did explain it really well. I also was confused at first. I saw the explanation, it made so much sense. There were people that didn't understand anyway. That's gonna happen. Uh, But there's a difference between those few people that simply aren't going to get it and giving up on people completely. And I know it's tempting. I know from personal experience, it's very tempting to give up because yes, in life we do face rejections. Yes, there are things that people just don't understand about us. Yes, there are things that, you know, people, the majority of people won't relate to us in certain areas. But that doesn't mean there's no hope for building positive relationships.
0: I took very long with my entrepreneurial journey and I still feel like I'm only starting because in many ways I'm only starting because I had so many fears and insecurities to overcome to really stop hiding and blah, 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 blah. But during many years, in the early days, I had so many people cheering me on, so excited. And obviously there was fatigue and people burned out and... Uh, people couldn't keep the rhythm of these the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur Uh, people also stopped seeing my vision and stopped believing in me because I took so long and suddenly my greatest cheerleaders became just kind of some my biggest cricket dicks but others became like just kind of indifferent and they just had a very like uh, he's never gonna be successful. Yeah. Uh, narrative and I started to believe that myself. I was like, but there was such a sense of mission because I had seen the impact it had on people that I was like, I gotta keep going. I gotta, I gotta build my support network. I and I literally cried for help. I was like, I need more support. This project is super important and I can't do it alone. But I can't quit but I need help, and I've reached out to several people who had at some point helped me, but had to some degree also lost some faith in me. But the way I took the time and approached everyone individually and expressed the mission, the vision, the purpose, uh, where that person fit in in my vision, a lot of people who had given up returned, Uh, Mm -hmm. or people who had maybe never been part of it joined in when they finally saw an opening um i mean and that was i took the time of being like i'm gonna reach out to the people i i want to recruit for this project even though some of them don't believe in me anymore even though some people have stopped supporting me the way they used to before and i took the time and it paid off it paid Mm -hmm. off uh but there was a period where i was really giving up on everything yeah. There was a point where I was giving up on everything because I was experiencing so many challenges, so many failures, so many uh, one thing after another, near-death experiences, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and I was literally at the breaking point. But because I had that sense of responsibility, I was like, the goal is more important than my fears. I got to do this. And yeah. I asked for help, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. It's the best thing I've ever done. Now I have an amazing team here, full-time. Wow what a difference what a difference it makes when you ask for help Uh, and people like when you ask for help it's a compliment if you do it right so yeah yeah, I think uh, I think we've covered a lot of different things given you guys a lot of different things to think about and uh, I think this is a good wrapping up point yeah Um, to recap face those fears make your goal more important than your fears build a support network, take time, contextualizing your, your approach so that other people understand, explain your context, explain your process, uh, know when to go regenerate and know when to double down. Sometimes it can be very hard, but if you notice that you constantly need to run an escape and you never are uh, g- getting unstuck in that project, you probably need to double down even if it's extra hard. And that's where asking for help pays off. When I've had to double down the most, it's when I've, had, uh, when I've asked most for help and it pays off. Many people actually have thanked me for including them, for trusting them and believing in them and giving them the opportunity. I'm willing to bet you have people in your life right now that are more than happy to help, that are actually waiting to help, that want to help, that are helping in their way that you might not be seeing and receiving. Um, so identify those people and uh, don't give up on people. Uh, there might be people that right now are not showing you the support you need, but at some point they might. Um, don't write them off. We've seen a lot of people here on the team all of a sudden with the context of personality I- theory understand, ah, my father was this, my father had this context, he had this fear, yeah. so that's why he approached uh, supporting me in this way. And I felt there was a lack of support, but really, on the contrary, it was great support. I just wasn't ready to receive it. So that look at that as well. Um and yeah, I mean, also make sure that you have enough uh, clarity and context before making premature decisions, but also know when you're postponing stuff because of lack of context, because sometimes you have to take a step to gain more context and more awareness. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, it all depends on your specific scenario. Sometimes it's seek more context before concluding something prematurely, sometimes it's take a step into the unknown because if you don't take that step you won't discover what's on the other side yeah um and yeah balance out both people who are critical and people who cheer you on know when and how to to balance that and obviously identify when there are people who strictly always are more focused on their own goals and their own context and they aren't really uh, focus on understanding you and your goals even if you take the time to to explain it to them. Um, anything else you want to emphasize or add before we wrap up? No. So yeah, so that covers procrastination in this week's episode. Uh, if you want to be notified when we have more of these uh, or if you want to get notified when we are uploading more videos, uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, here on YouTube if you're listening to us live or if you're listening to us on Spotify or one of the other platforms go on YouTube, subscribe and uh ring the bell and you'll get notified when we are live that also gives you opportunities to um ask questions ask questions and uh yeah um see you same time same place next week have a good one